0: Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love. Break them apart to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my co-host and whitest man in New Orleans. <laughs> Outstandino. <laughs> That'll make sense in a moment. Uh, before that, some oh, business. God. Please take a second and leave the show a rating and review wherever you find us especially if that happens to be apple podcast app that helps us out enormously make some charts get some new alchemist we've seen this happen recently and thank you guys for the help uh thank you guys for the ratings and reviews it means the world to us just a quick five star sentence or two about why you like us you don't even have to be telling the truth just make it up we appreciate it either way you can uh see our faces and hear our voices on our youtube channel nerd alchemist Working on some new content for that. So, hopefully, by next year we'll have a kick ass YouTube page. So, go ahead and get in early. Press subscribe over there. You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com, or reach us on any social media account you have. We're there too at pot on Instagram, at film underscore alchemist on Twitter. It's a great way to reach out to us. Let us know movies you'd like to hear us cover, new, old themes, double feature guest hosts, anything like that. We would love to hear from you. Every December, we stuff your stocking. Uh, That is a listener selection month. Uh, We've never been able to get to them all, so best to get them in early uh, and make them as awesome as possible. We'll pick our favorite, and then we'll get through as many as we can, our favorites, and get through as many as we can. Every December, you guys pick our movies. So that's a great reason to get a hold of us on socials or philmalcomispod at gmail.com one more time. All right, Alex. Candyman to farewell to the flesh now we are traveling uh great with title. daniel robitaille to nolens a place that seemed tailor-made to make a great backdrop for Candyman. a little hamstrung by following the widest cast of characters in recent memory Ugh. um but i would argue i would argue that i think Candyman unfairly gets dragged down by its sequels. I think the sequels are not streamlined nor really capture that great effect that the first one does. And I think Candyman proper has suffered because of that, and that might be a little bit why it's faded um, as time has gone on, right? Very much like The Matrix, right? When you see the first one, you're like, yay! You see the next one, oh, why are all these white people doing all these things, right? That's kind of what happened to Candyman 2 and 3. Um, but I would argue... Candyman 2 has some really cool ideas that it adds to the mythology of the Candyman. It has some really good moments lost in some kind of weird moments. What were your initial thoughts on Candyman 2? Farewell to the flesh. Um, Great title. Just starting that <laughs> off. I like this movie
1: for its words. <laughs> I The title is very grabbing. Like I actually was telling you before the pod... The first time I remember, I didn't even know there was a sequel to Candyman until, um, when I was a kid, I actually bought a comic book with the poster, um, that's, it's on the, the Wikipedia or the IMDb page. I'm not really sure which, mm-hmm. but it's like a honeycomb
0: with an eye poking through. Yeah. Really and,
1: cool. uh, Kelly Rowan is on there and she's like, like, she's like longingly oh. looking off to the side with like a bee in the corner of her mouth. But, um. I remember it from the back of a comic book I bought. And that was like my only, I I thought it was just like another thing. <laughs> I had forgotten about it until much later on in life. I'm like, oh shit, that's an actual sequel to Candyman with Tony Todd it intact. Is. So yeah, I uh, t- <laughs> look, this is not my favorite sequel. We watched for this month, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but it does have some good stuff. Like, I mean, there's, some amazing moments in this movie that make it worth watching. And I it's it is weird like so we go from Chicago to New Orleans and again like we just focus on like we're just focusing on white people in New Orleans which seems really weird for a movie about a murdered black man, but
0: you know. Mhm. There Whatever. is a that's there is a cultural a vibe that I felt like Right, but I mean, I feel like there was a cultural vibe they could have really tapped into. I felt like the first movie did a pretty good job of walking the world, and the rich whiteness of the cast and characters was for a reason. Sure. This I mean- time, I guess the rich white people are a more targeted group of victims, so right. that's a nice change of pace. Sure. um, But it felt Definitely. like this movie said, we liked Candyman. But we need a lot more mirrors and Jesus symbolism. And that's kind of the way they went. And let nothing else get in the way of that. (laughs) Um, We learned that the family in the movie are Candyman's descendants. Yes. Which leads you just asking, like, what kind of absolute albino devils were they trying to marry to try to get the Candyman's yeah. descendants to be so? Why are they so
1: white? So white in this.
0: The so white. murder suspect guy at the start is just straight up ging. Yeah, she is just the whitest blonde. I was like, how? So it, it leads you to all these really weird like breeding scenarios. Like this really, really got to
1: think your way through this one to get there, right? I- what
0: What I focus on in this movie though is i do like the mirror and the jesus stuff but i think it's weird because the farewell to the flesh is also the sequel where it feels like we dig a lot more into this this human side of the Candyman himself daniel robitaille right we name him this movie right um we actually witness in a, series of very horrific scenes what actually happened to him oh yeah
1: it's brutal like that might be my favorite part of the movie simply because like it's horrifyingly shot like and again i i like that part of the movie probably the most i i want to go back to new orleans is such a unique choice for this and especially because like the history and the celebration of the dead like i've i've worked in new orleans i spent a lot of time spend enough time in new Orleans actually focusing on a lot of the local uh, folklore and a lot of the like celebration of dead itself not just um you know uh not just like a band going into the um graveyard or anything like that but much more like the ritual like we i worked on a show where we actually they did an exorcism which was really strange to watch um (laughs) it was not it was not right um But again, it was one of those things. So New Orleans (laughs) is a perfect location for, I think, the continuation of a Candyman legend because it's a great, not only because of how awful the history of New Orleans is, but also because it is so filled with folklore and so filled with legends itself. It's a really fascinating setting. And I think that's the thing that I like the most about this besides like the flashback stuff. That's probably the thing I like the most is they do, an okay job of taking advantage, but again, we get back to like, just so white. Like, I again, I I can't explain it. Yeah. It's fascinating to me how we start off from Daniel robotai to Ginge. Like, right? Well, we some, start off with the
0: there. smarmy dickhead professors back. This, oh yeah. So the, again, this is
1: a great opening. <laughs> another
0: another person that. You want to see got who wiggled off the hook.
1: Stop. You did this last episode. I'm going to tell you to stop right now. <laughs>
0: oh. I mean, as far as, as hook-based uh, puns, I think that's the audience bit. really bits uh, on that one. <laughs>
1: was, these are very... Okay, that's the last this is one. Very, this is very Philip Purcell of you, <laughs> laughing at your own jokes.
0: I'm really angling for that NPR money. See, I can talk real quiet and laugh at myself, you bitch. Sorry, now NPR kicked me off the list again. <laughs> I'm back on the do not uh, return call list. No, um, but there is a – so we start off with Smarmy Dick Professor. And, again, this is kind of the microcosm of the whole movie is New Orleans. <laughs> Man, I want to do New Orleans and be set in New Orleans. But it's just him in a book reading with just all – white people with like elbow pads it's so weird it's <laughs> like, like everyone's Lord.
1: everyone's in the crowd just wearing tweed like it's less and again yeah it's new orleans cannot imagine wearing tweed in new orleans
0: that's right but see this is the thing now because of what he experienced and helen trying to bury him and the fact that he won the candy wars i guess it were as it were right he now does not have respect He made a book whose cover is a mirror. And in front of all these other white people, with maybe a bit of hesitation, a small amount, he says Candyman's name and even pays uh, an assistant to pretend to attack him, Candyman style. It's a fascinating place to start because it tells us again, he who was Helen's colleague, but even more like ranked above her, right? Still didn't get the fucking message. He lost two of his colleagues. Three, if you... Yeah, Bernadette, too, was a a grad student. Three of them went down to this thing. He still has no respect for the power of Candyman and uh, has used him now for a book. Right. Right? So it just sets you like, well, no wonder Candyman enjoys being the rumor that gets to keep killing. They will not (laughs) learn the fucking lesson. And then he gets jumped by Ginger Guy... He's in a bathroom, he gets got, right? What do you make of... I think this one starts to play a little bit with why and when Candyman appears. Why does Candyman give him the rope? And let's take out the caveat of bad and convenient screenwriting. (laughs) Let's try to really think about what this movie shows us and how that can be applied to how Candyman operates.
1: Right. So you're asking me, why does... Why does he give Purcell the option, or what do you mean? Why does he give Purcell like another hour to live? I mean, I don't know. I didn't really think about it other than it being bad feds, bad, bad screenwriting, <laughs> <so pop. laughs> You know the rules. We try to pretend that all of this is expertly crafted.
0: Um, is it? Because this is the thing. Let me let me mash this up with one other scene, right? Let me sure. mash this up with one other scene and get your take. So. Candyman could have killed him right there in front of the elbow crowd, right? right, right. They all go home and they're like, oh, God, I got to write this up for the Atlantic and the New Yorker or whatever the fuck they work.
1: Dee, 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 that dee,dee. is a lot of hey, press. Yeah, That's a
0: lot of press for the old Candyman, right? Right. Later in the movie, when he murders uh, just the Cobra Kai of police detectives, <laughs> well, you think it better than me? You think it better than me, guy? Right? They, he, they kill that detective. Candyman has to know that there's a security camera in there and allows himself to be recorded ghost hunter style lifting and eviscerating this guy while the ginger sits in the corner.
1: Ah!
0: So in one scene, he's fine with his image getting out there because it helps somehow spread this rumor. Self-destruction. Who knows why, but he's fine with himself being seen. Why wait for Purcell? Why not kill him in front of the guy in the bathroom? Why does Candyman kill in private in this movie so often?
1: I mean, to me, that is like the. Okay, go with me on this. Looking in a mirror. (laughs) okay, in a mirror. When you look at when you often when you are finding yourself looking in a mirror, like gazing at yourself, you are not in a public place. It is a very private, solitary act. Of examining yourself in a mirror so to me and this is strange but to me like the concept of the candy man coming to people in private but like it goes along with what it what the ritual of looking in a mirror is anyways so of course you're not as necess- again I never I didn't understand why getting caught like ghost hunter style in a video feed seemed very weird to me in this video. this is one of those this is one of those moments in the room where I'm like that's not gonna work for me right now. <laughs> like that was <laughs> that was a bit that I was like nope not for me but I do think that there Hater. is an intimacy to the mirror gazing and there's an intimacy and we I mean they bring it up in the and I mean the movie explains it too like this is a really common thing in a lot of cultures which is like the mirror captures your soul so To me, that is probably the thing that is most interesting to me is it's almost like it's the portal to someone else's. It's the portal to not just existence, but to someone else's being itself. So for me to. okay, for me. Like to kill someone like. The Candyman to appear in a mirror. Like you have to look in the mirror to say the Candyman's name for him to appear after that is him to snatch your soul and take it back to his plane. It's not just the ritual of killing. It's literally the ritual of disem de- departing your soul from your body, so to speak. And the only way to get that back to where right. it needs to be is to come, to come with him through the mirror. I don't know it. The solitariness of murder is very different. Yeah. Cause in the first one you could say he kills, in private
0: often, but usually in the first one, it's a little more theatric, right? It's setting Helen up. It's making sure that other people know Candyman exists in this movie. The kills are getting attributed to Candyman, but by this radio host and detectives yeah. who are just making wild investigatory leaps. Um, it doesn't feel like the Candyman is writing his own story anymore. Right. Right. There is a part of he says at one point. They really have this cool thing in this one I like, which is, uh, you know, he says, I am their hatred and dark selves reflected back to them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there is something I like that, the the mirrors usage in this movie, because when we're staring at ourselves in the mirror is the only time like I have that a couple times a week where like I see myself in the mirror and I'm just like, Who the fuck are you kidding. Who the fuck do you think you are? You know, I mean, you look at yourself in the eyes and you lean in and you stare right into your own eyes. And it feels like this infinite thing. And you're just like, I see all your bullshit laid bare. <laughs> like, what are, You know, all these things we get caught up in. And in that one moment out of the shower, you're just like, oh, fuck. And like you, all of it falls away. All these lies you told yourself. Right. All these, you know, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do better tomorrow. No, you're not. You fuck right. You start like going in on yourself. and You're like, Jesus Christ. And in that moment, I like that for Purcell and the cop. Cause they both are like Purcell's looking in the mirror and he's like, Oh my God, I I do fear Candyman, but I played brave for them. I know I'm full of shit. Gets got. Right. The cop over there is like, he's standing over the ginger, and he's like, "Oh yeah, oh you think you better than me? Think you better than me? Cause you big hell? I don't know why he's Australian now instead of Italian, but he starts doing that, and he knows that he feels inferior. Right. He does not feel superior to this guy. As he's trying to tough talk him, and that's when Candyman gets him. Right. Right. The interesting one to this point. Right. Is when her mom gets it. Because her mom was lying about the Candyman genetics, right? Mm -hmm. Her mom never called the Candyman, but still gets caught by him. You could argue almost that her daughter hatred for her in that moment, when she's exposed, that her daughter becomes her mirror.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think And she
0: knows that she did wrong. I like that. I think that's a good beat.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that works for me. I mean, I... I don't know. It's just such a strange, like... Should this have won best screenplay? Is no, that but that's the thing is like, this- <laughs>
0: <laughs> was there another mirror movie that came out that year? <laughs>
1: but I think this is the thing that makes this movie stronger than perhaps it should be. <laughs> Cause like I, I, this is not my, <laughs> again, there's a lot of parts about this that don't make sense to me that are just sort of like kill for kill's sake. It like- has
0: a snowball occultist. What do you want?
1: okay i'm not kidding but like (laughs) what i'm saying is, is like there's a lot of elements of this movie that i think are attempting to capitalize on what made the first one so great and there are bits in this that are wonderful because they do such a good job of they do such a good job of honoring the first one and bringing this sense of i think the sense of history that has to come through and especially everything that like I don't know. It's a fascinating kind of movie because it shouldn't work on a lot of levels, but as soon as you get deeper into the mythology and the history itself, I still can't believe I'm engaged because we like we said, how are these people so white and yet I'm still engaged in this sort of like weird mythology of like it working. It's bizarre. It doesn't make any sense.
0: There's a lot of like. Let me just rattle off like four or five bizarre things, right? Uh, one. Why is Matthew seeing Candyman and drawing him in art class? No idea. When he by the end of the movie is involved zero percent in the narrative of this film. Zero what
1: happens. Zero percent.
0: Like literally has no effect. Uh, the snowball occultist. That was kind of cool, but like, all right, that's very New Orleans. Maybe. Um, why does the mom want to fuck her husband so bad? Uh the mom seems to hint that perhaps the candy man gave her cancer the day it killed his father. <laughs> like there's some like there's some moments in this so I was like huh? like I, I was a bit baffled. Um right. Yeah, the detective work's not good. She just pops up in a murder and they don't accuse her the way that they accuse her brother when her uh, Stud Muffin husband's body's ripped apart. That weird cutaway to people just fucking on the balcony during Meanwhile, anyways, neither here nor there. None of this matters per se. Uh, there's weird things that happen in this movie. I'll tell you the moment in this film where I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. I love this thing, right? I guess I, I love this scene, personally. I don't know that the whole movie works all the time, but this is a really cool riff that they came up with. When we finally see the painting that Candyman did uh, of his, his love, his betrothed,
1: uh-huh.
0: I thought it was so fucking awesome that she was holding a mirror. And he painted himself in that mirror. I thought it was a really cool painting. It tied together this idea that he he thought he had overcome all these obstacles and barriers that would have been ahead of him. That through his merit and his skill, he had won this woman, right. had this job, had this wealth, had this talent. I thought it was a really cool concept that he, he was in the mirror in the painting – so we can kind of see where his head and ego were going. right? And then he realized he was not in a better world. So you mix that with, we get to see these scenes of what happened to him. As he's showing her, so we have to assume that this is kind of an inverted mirror version. Mm-hmm. Right? Even though we know what they did was bad, maybe they're a little more cartoonish now. Like, do we believe they really said sweet for the sweets and all these, like, branded things? Her running away with the mirror, forcing, or is in perhaps she's the one who kept him alive? As this like plague of bees came, I right. thought that segment of the movie was a really cool addition to the mythology.
1: Yes, I agree. Uh, I, the thing, actually, the thing I liked the most, and the thing that I noted was, um, the 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 daughter, the um the the because Car- uh, Carol is it Caroline? Caroline's the 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 lover the daughter they raise her as white which is really again like goes to what we've been talking about this whole time but it's really fascinating to me because again <laughs> so much of there's such a fascinating and again the, the, to me these movies the Candyman movies have such a fascinating racial component that i think got glossed over when they came out but now we go back and we watch these movies and it's much more interesting and much more fascinating because like The idea is that uh the daughter of uh daniel and caroline's like she's raised as a white girl so there's also this sort of like Mm -hmm. it also kind of starts to explain a little more and then she
0: meets powder (laughs) and they shift the balance back towards but the lily white bastards they were in those flashbacks
1: but even i'd say even more (laughs) i'd say even more interesting (laughs) than that though is like it feeds even more into kind of like the candy man. Like what we were talking about last episode where like candy man talks about spilling innocent, like shedding innocent blood. Like it hmm. fuels to me a little bit more of this instance of like, not only is it, not only is candy man wronged in so many ways by all these dickheads who like these dickheads who chase him down, chop his hand off, feed him to the beads bees. Then on top of that, he loses this sense of self altogether because i mean obviously he's otherworldly at that point anyways but now he's not even acknowledged as a member of his own family it's a fascinating uh it's a fascinating wrinkle to me because then no one is innocent then everyone is part of the problem and everybody becomes sort of this everyone becomes sort of uh up for grabs in my opinion because you know he's been forsaken on multiple levels. So why wouldn't he be angry at the world at, at large yeah. itself? It's pretty fascinating. And I then it
0: know. becomes odd that the family somehow is cursed and that they have to try so hard to erase him. Mm-hmm. But because of what they did, he becomes this larger-than-life story. Yeah, it's, it's a really... I think that's kind of the cool line in the movie is break the mirror, break the curse, right? Is that there is this kind of caught in self image thing that Candyman plays with a lot that this movie does really well, right? Um, we see that moment when those fucking pilgrims, right, they're like, sweets for the sweet, Candyman. <laughs> yeah. And as soon as they see a biblical fucking swarm of bees coming, mm-hmm. which was literally their plan, was to smother this man, Winnie the fucking Pooh style. And have those bees go at him. But when they see it, it feels so unnatural and horrifying to them that you get these these looks on their face of horror. Like they actually look like yeah. for the first time they are seeing what they've done to this man. Right. Right. And in a way, some of them might get stung and have like a small, like connected pain. Like, oh, God. Right. This is what we've done to him. Granted, They just chopped his fucking arm off and then horrible, horrible things they've done to him. Right. But you see even a moment where they're like, oh, fuck. Like, he is, reflect- he is a reflective surface to them in that moment. Totally. When they see the daughter run out, right? And she's crying for her lover. Right. And they're like, could she even look at you? And it's like, well, she's right here. She's doing that right the second. Right. right? And they hold the mirror up to him, and it, it's just this constant. They are trying everything to get out of what they've done. Right? I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, I will. I will laugh at two other moments. I thought this movie has two of the greatest reaction shots in movie history.
1: (laughs) And I'll see if you remember
0: them. Right. So one of them is when the the old lady's like, "Go away! Not you can't come to my apartment. She's sick. She needs rest." And the you know lady saunters up. Our blonde hair lead lady. She saunters up and she sees it's the two kids in her class. Right, a girl and a young African American boy. Right. And she just goes, "Let him up." And the mom goes. In here? <laughs> like with a question and her face yes. gets like, like she smelled a diaper. And I was like, man,
1: in here? like really
0: giving away the twist that you were going to be a not cool racist at the <laughs> She's like, in here? <laughs> I was just like, well, you, you jumped your twist ending there. Oh, and the God, other yes. one I love was um when she runs up right to the priest, who just seems like a pretty good guy, pretty good dad, whatever. And she comes up. And he's like, you know, his son's missing. That is traumatic. And she just goes, right. I summon Candyman in front of Matthew, and he just does the and you can just read that, this piece of shit <laughs> in that side. This bitch. Right? Because he like turns his head and sighs. I was like, it's the fucking best acting in that whole movie. Because <laughs> oh, it's that geez. one. <laughs> he's just like, Jesus, give me the strength to not strangle this piece of shit who literally summoned Candyman in front of my child uh, to stop a <laughs> fist fight between 12-year-olds. <laughs> it was probably the best acting in the whole movie. I loved it. Oh, no, give me strength. Give me the strength. <laughs> and then the fact that the dad's like, oh, you're going after my son? Good luck. I'm oh. going back to sit in the church. <laughs> I don't know. I
1: don't- Oh my god. I, <laughs> literally. I I am not laughing. The
0: movie is worth watching alone for those two reaction shots. They are
1: beautiful. It, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Oh god, please don't <laughs> let me have to deal with this. Oh, my god. Yeah, I mean ultimately the, the movie is I don't know. Like it's such a fascinating thing like and then you get into sort of the I mean I guess it's Catholic cuz it's Ash Wednesday, right? So that's that's Catholicism. Mm. I'm Catholic, I should know this. Um but you get <laughs> sort of into that kind of stuff and it, it, again, like none of the mo- none of the first movie covered anything religious, which I thought was Again, I, this is a weirder thing to right. me about going to New Orleans is to me New Orleans is about the folklore and much more about I wouldn't say voodoo, but at least more local religion than it is about, like, right Christianity. It's it's
0: an odd mix, it, though, because it, it is these, weird. like, really weird superstitions and partying built on this pile of tragedy and, yeah. like, original sin, right? Like, New Orleans is a weird mix. Because they, they get on this, too, right? The Jesus thing becomes real. They hammer the Jesus imagery home. Hammer, much. hammer that home, right? Yes. Which I thought was a bit of an odd mix, right? Because it's, you know, Jesus died for all of our sins, which is kind of a, why? And then we still commit sins, so does Jesus have to come back and like, does he have like blockbuster late fees for all the bad shit we've been doing? Like, all right, fine, whatever. And then Candyman just died because of our, it's almost a weird thing. The movie gets dangerously close to saying that Candyman brought it on himself. Right, like, yes, was his sin of being vain in a mirror? That's like super like the, problematic. The movie kind of—I think it's because it's a little ambiguous at the end, and he's just like, "We have a journey to take, me and your unborn baby." I don't know why he's foghorn leghorn now. I'm not what doing good with is my voices. going on with the
1: accents right now? Good lord!
0: I not and Tony Todd has such a great voice, but I'm just not doing it justice right now. Right. But it's what was the journey? What was the fucking plan? Why? But then it's like, all right, I'm getting nitpicky here and there. Like, I don't understand anything that's happening or why. But I like the idea because when she snuck into the ghost house, I'm like, well, that's not a very well guarded mirror that anyone could have just accidentally broken with a beer bottle. But he just says, like, be my witness. Right. Right. That is an important connection to the Jesus symbolism again, too. Right. Like, you have to witness this and know what had happened. Right. To make this movement great. I mean, I think the Jesus thing's a little tortured. It reminded me of, because Candyman kind of had that passion of the Christ scenes. Where my mom and dad are like, let's just go watch Jesus get his fucking ass kicked for two hours. It'll make us better Christians. That way we can skip (laughs) church. We'll hit the Wednesday night matinee and we'll just see Jesus get fucking beaten on. Yeah, Like it's a UFC fight with no referees. And we love Jesus more. And that's kind of what. Right. I we mean, are like, oh, that's Candyman, too. That's what you want to watch, well, Mom. Is, but just the less cool version of that.
1: I mean, it is interesting because it's like a convalescence of religious imagery where, like, they have him like in the flashback. They have him pinned down and he's obviously his arms are outstretched because they're about to chop one of them off. But, like, even more so, it's original sin. It's it's the sacrifice of Jesus. Like, it's all these kind of really specific it's all this really specific imagery that's really easy. Like, I think that's the other thing, too. And the thing that I liked the most about Candyman the first time I saw it was I liked that I didn't know enough. And I think that's yeah. the thing that I the thing that's the thing that most confuses me and disappoints me a little bit about the Jesus imagery is not just that it's like hammered over the head, but because I know it too well. Like, I like learning new things, particularly right. with Candyman. So I think... We're in New Orleans, which is spooky and interesting enough. And there's a lot of history there that people don't know about regularly. So I thought that bringing that element in didn't really do much for me. And I think
0: it. But okay. so does it work for you on the level of these people whose life was rooted in were good Christian people being the ones to then fucking. Pulverize this well, guy.
1: I think that's what I'm getting at. Like to me, it feels it feels like a little bit of a hackneyed premise. Like I personally and again, this is like there are elements of this movie that I like a lot. This is not one of them that and just doesn't work for me because quite honestly, like everybody in the history of movies we've watched like this all think they're good Christians. Like literally anyone who does something absolutely diabolical in the name of Christianity thinks they're a good Christian. We're watching sure. it happen right now in our world. Sure. But like, that's like the thing that bothers me the most is that's not to me what candy man was about. Candyman is always Candyman is about accepting the reality of the unknowable and accepting the reality of the supernatural itself. So to like trace it back to like, Oh, well this is what happened to this man. He has suffered a great deal and you know, he's coming for his revenge or is he? Like, that to me is what doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And that's why I think, like, people who think they're good Christians in this movie and doing that kind of thing doesn't really work. Like, people either in this movie, from a character standpoint, they either need to commit to being pieces of shit and doing it in the name of, like, the worst thing possible. Which is like, what, probably eugenics in this case? Or they don't, or, or they just, or they are begrudgingly or they're begrudgingly for they're looking for begrudging forgiveness i think a lot of the
0: characters misrepresent themselves and that's where you get your mirror thing right again the jesus thing i think if they had only done it once or twice right but like every fucking scene it feels like has a jesus moment right but i think the idea of jesus being a reflection of his time on the people and like look at this anger and hatred i was here to help you levitate up boom you know level up boom you know game over we win right i think that's how the story went i'm not sure well okay (laughs) and candy man it's like in that moment watching these people that think they're good christians do something so vile and then the plague plague of bees is like oh fuck i think we messed up but then still trying to lie right I, again, I have no idea why she and her baby need to go on the journey with him. Like what that's gonna be, but I love the idea of him. Candyman now as a ghost in our modern times, right? The specter, this reaper actually weeping, right? Like that's a, that's a really cool scene. And one that we don't get from a lot of our horror movie, big baddies, True. um, He's crying as she relives this pain with him. Right. Well, right. And to me, it was just, oh my God, he sees someone who she truly sees him now. Right. She knows, right. She doesn't just know him as this guy who gutted everyone she loved, but like she sees right. the horror that was committed to him. The problem is, is then the movie is like, oh, but he became what they were. And you're like, I don't think I'm going there. Yeah, like, I think he has a pretty good reason for why he started murdering, unlike the Pilgrims. Right,
1: exactly. I think that's the problem, <laughs> is the movie tries to kind of, like, movie has this weird tendency to try to, like, push you into, like, hey, this movie's called Candyman, because this is a bad guy. His name's Candyman. It's really bad. He's a bad guy. Just remember, he's a bad guy. He kills people. And, like... right. Pretty much in the middle of the movie, I, I never think this about the Candyman in general. But then in the middle of the movie, they try to like hammer it or, like towards the end of the movie, they try to hammer it home like you're never gonna get me to the point where I think the Candyman is the wrong guy. Like nobody well, should. He it, this is the thing. Weird.
0: He is, but in this one, they they try to personalize it so much, and I think they're almost too cute trying to make sure that. There's this thing in movies where it's you read too many screenplay books and too many director tracks and you're just like everything has to be so perfectly interlocked and every single bit of every frame has to be so filled with visual meaning that I think you can just get a little overcooked, right? Sure. So this movie, it's like you can do Jesus metaphors without having literal Jesus walk across <laughs> the street and then have people holding cue cards. Right. Like, there are ways to get that that's not so on the nose in trying to frame him as a Jesus, which he's not, right? You're trying to show him as this inversion, as you find. fine. You can get to these other things without so overly right. quantifying every image. Because, again, the original Candyman is this omnipresent, like you said, those giant aerial vistas, right? He's always above yeah. us. And then maybe there's a part where she is just crazy as fuck. So it leaves you kind of to play with a lot of the why is he doing what he's doing? What is this? What is this? This one I feel like it's the classic paranormal activity problem, right? They made amazing movies on this one gag that anything, anywhere, any time of day, something horrible is in the same room as you in your house where you feel safe and something crazy could happen. Right. And then they got to the fifth or sixth one and they said, what if the demon was like a fart cloud and we could see it in every frame and you immediately watch it and within five minutes you're like this is going to be the worst movie i've ever sat through and it's pretty fucking close right and i think this one maybe just tried they went with the the mirror and the jesus and tried to do what Candyman was already doing maybe just a little too much of that maybe yeah. well especially in a town like new orleans play with voodoo right right there's a scene when the white people are going fucking tourist and i was like that's how i felt i felt like i was a tourist with white people telling me shit that i could have gotten better info to
1: me <laughs> there's a there's a good movie i don't think farewell of flesh is a very good movie but there's a good movie in there because i think there's pieces of there's pieces of intrigue that actually matter like there's the subtext of racial inequality in new orleans there's a subtext of Wealth inequality in New Orleans, which mm. is fascinating. Like, it's one of those things. It's one of those things that's. Are cute. you
0: referring to the last shot where she's like, oh, good. That unsightly slave quarter got washed away. So I won't have to remember how shitty
1: my family is. I was like, wow, like, that was really God, that's some white people. But shit. Like, that's one of those. <laughs> but that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, there are things that carry over from, like, the original Candyman, like those, like, sort of uncomfortable conversations that we don't want to have to have that become part of the conversation when this movie is, when these characters start discussing this movie or the, like Mm -hmm. the conceit of the film in general. So these uncomfortable pieces are coming in. And I think what farewell to the flesh does and doesn't understand that it's doing is it's literally trying to like, like wash that whole thing away and be like, boy, he's a bad guy, right? He kills people. And it's like, that's not the point of this character. Like it's a vengeful spirit. It's, uh it's interesting i was reading um i was reading a little bit about like virginia Madsen because this was not supposed to be the sequel they actually turned down bernard rose the original writer director they turned down his sequel idea completely and like she said that bernard rose was trying to kind of turn him into like essentially like an african-american dracula was the idea because Mm. again it's large it's a it's a monster myth it's one of those things that like it follows you, it lurks in the night, it keeps, it's right around the corner. So to me, that is always what Candyman is. Because Praise it,
0: off your life force. Yeah. It,
1: not only that, but like Candyman is also one of those things. It's like you stare in the mirror and like like you and I have both talked about this. I don't have the guts to say that five times in the mirror. Do you? Because I don't. Fuck that. Fuck no. Fuck that. I don't at all. That, no. It's it's the it's the idea that it's constantly no. driving at you. And I think the thing that Candyman two almost gets but totally misses is that the force of curiosity and the force of the force of curiosity and the force of uh, the unknown collide so effortlessly in the first one, and then this one they almost get like smashed together to to the point where there's no pieces. It makes me. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's a weird thing. And then on top of that, there's also a lot less. It
0: has a bit of that like Scooby Doo quality where it's just yeah. like, oh, it wasn't a flaming head ghost. It was just a mean guy in this right. old house. Well, there's
1: also there's and there's yeah. Well, there, there's another element. A lot of the um, the kills are not as. again like
0: (laughs) it's the same kill every time he punches through the back and like pulls out the C7 vertebrae yeah
1: the kill's not nearly as elegant or interesting and like what what I think really
0: though one of the things that the the Black Dracula is kind of a cool idea because I get that but even more than a vampire right I think what this movie doesn't do which is so fucking strange because it's right there the whole movie is the first movie has this this bit of uh, wish-fulfillment whore in it, right? Oh, sure. Where Helen so wants to be right and do this that she's willing to exploit people, this and that. And it's this perfect allegory, right? And so the people who end up getting hurt while not, he even, I mean, Candyman says they're innocents, right? Mm-hmm. They are hurt because Helen was willing to hurt them first, and she paved the way for Candyman. So all the things he's doing and the bad he's doing are spawned from Helen's inner inner sins, in a way, right? Her desire to be famous and powerful, and she she doesn't really... I mean, they talk about, oh, the cops don't do anything. I got hurt, and they were there. They didn't help those other two people. And it's like, do you really give a fuck about that? Like, really? Are you going to go make a difference, Helen? Is that what I'm to fucking believe? Right. I don't, right? And so, I think that is where this one misses, is... I. I like the idea of the mirrors and having these people draw out their inner shit and let Candyman use that against them. Right. That's kind of a Freddy Krueger trope Mm -hmm. um, that he does to a more cartoonish effect, but I think could have been really cool for this one or farewell to the flesh. It feels like Candyman is so bonded to that flesh, right? Mm -hmm. He's bonded so much to that moment that he becomes less this original sin apparition and more of just this, Guy who keeps reliving that trauma over and over and over and over and over, and it just makes Candyman feel smaller and less mysterious at times. Right.
1: I mean, I think that's like to me the revenge ghost, revenge ghost, and the revenge fantasy that follows all make sense to me. Like, Mm -hmm. but I also agree with you. I think I feel like that that that's pretty thin. That lasts very that lasts not for very a very long time and i mean i think even giving him the proper backstory like they do like the problem the biggest issue i have with this movie is in giving him a proper backstory altogether and giving him the flashbacks the whole deal what you do is you you expose something that i don't think needs to be thin but you make it thin by giving it but by giving it sort of this weird life, I'm, I'm not sure how to describe it. But like,
0: here, here's how I would think. I get what you're saying, but what I would do. So in the opening, when we're doing Smarmy McPonytail, don't need to hear his fucking spiel or see his carrot top prop comedy set. You know what I mean? Right. When he's doing his slideshow, how about instead of a slideshow, which no one's ever wanted to see, put all that Candyman shit up front, yeah. right? And then when Candyman is on screen and Tony Todd is just fucking dominating every scene he's in, don't flash back. Yeah. Let Tony Todd walk and emote us, them- us yeah. through that moment, right? right? Then we've already seen all the shit. Right, We've seen his his past, which is fine. I'm fine with seeing it. I thought it was great, right? Just don't, every time Tony Todd is speaking and sucking me into the screen the way I want to be. Don't cut to something that is – I mean, because that's the thing. Once you're on your sixth, like, oh, they're they're still putting bees on him. They're still calling him names. It, it doesn't have the same effect. Right. I mean – Because we also already knew what they, they had done to him from the first movie. Now we're seeing it. But that's why I'm like, so give that one run and make it more cinematically impactful right. and have its own little arc within that short segment. And then let Tony Todd just be – the leftover hatred and vengeance and depression right. and sadness. Well, and I think that's the way candy man
1: should have been. It's interesting. You put it this way. Cause I, I was actually thinking about, cause that flashback. And again, this is Tony Todd's is an incredible actor. Like he's fucking unbelievable. He's unbelievably amazing. Love that dude. So if you do what you're talking about, which I agree, it's what needs to happen or what needed to happen. It's not 1995 anymore. Um, if you take the flashback stuff and put it at the very beginning, cause Tony Todd, does such a good job of. I mean, he looks younger, he looks more fearful, he looks like a different man, he looks like Daniel. And yeah. then later in the movie, when he does that scene, he the darkness in his eyes like, I don't know how this man does this. And this is why I think Tony Todd's one of the greatest actors ever. But this, like, sadness in his face that he carries through the rest of the movie is not reflected in those flashbacks to the point where I'm like, that's a different man. That's a husk of a person. That's Mm -hmm. what you believe is the real candy man is like, that's what's left. And that's what you're talking about. He
0: weeps when she sees him. Yeah. I was like, you never see Freddie or Jason or Michael or Chucky or leprechaun or Penraiser weep. Right. She saw him and experienced. She for one minute lightened his burden. And for one flash or series of flashes, however long that moment is, another human being helped carry his trauma and his abuse. And he weeps. And that's that's the kind of shit. Because that's the thing Tony Todd can look extremely menacing. Sure. And he's a giant guy. He's six foot five. He just looks great on camera. It's all, oh, everything he does works for me. But that extra layer, right? Where Tony Todd can at one point be this horrifying, vengeful spirit but also you know it's coming from a place where you don't begrudge him that you're like maybe some people do need to get get got right and that beautiful tightrope that he's always able to achieve Mm -hmm. and then there's just they go to the flashbacks there's the moment when the water comes in and it's very clearly a store mannequin where he just like tips over like (laughs) 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 like it's there's just weird moments where it felt like it's so it's so strange because I mean, maybe Halloween three, maybe Friday the 13th part five, but you're like, it's so strange to have someone like Tony Todd and have this fucking character that is captivating and powerful and amazing and just continually take the spotlight off of him.
1: But to me, and it's, I think that's weird, but I'll say this, like for my money, for farewell of the flesh, which again, I'm not a huge fan of you're not going to find a better scene in many horror movies than watching Tony Todd act the shit out of both of those scenes. It's yeah. unbelievable on a, on multiple of, yeah. but you're just not going to find that in a lot of other movies. Like yeah. we talk a lot about like how much like you and I both loved it was on par with, you know, Tony Colletton hereditary, like that level of like, that level of like love and care for a character, but also just like understanding the true nature of the pain that this character has to go—it's—it's it's amazing. It's right. amazing and it's amazing. It's acting. amazing, and they cast it right. And it is what separates
0: Candyman. It is. It's the key it's to the making key Candyman scene. its own viable thing. And it feels. And you'll see again when we get to uh, part three. There is a lot of like, let's just defer to uninteresting white characters. And it's sad because I feel like Candyman. I mean, to me, Candyman is probably in my top 10 favorite horror movies. I adore it. It's just always a great time to spend watching a movie. And I feel like he gets dragged down by these. And again, I don't think farewell. I'm not as harsh on farewell to the flesh as you, because in my mind, any time I get a spend with Candyman is great. Right. Um, I enjoy Tony Todd there. There are some cool scenes and things I like in this movie. It just it did feel a little bit like. They went a little overboard with their subtext. Right.
1: I feel like instead of focusing on subtext, they just made the <laughs> subtext text.
0: They just made it text. They just made they it. just text. made it straight. I up think
1: text. that's the problem with Feral of the Flesh is the it's subtext like one of those snowball
0: text. things. You got to have the right amount of juice. You can't overflow it. Then it gets your hands all sticky yeah. and wet. It's not good you got they overflowed the snowball hey it's still a candy man it's a candy right? man movie we it's get, still a candy man we get it might be a little bit more of like uh you know a smarty than like a full on sweet tart but we get hey, three of them and then we get another one We still soon. get that rush yeah it still helped get us to the new one so that's fine all right guys that's it for candy man 2 farewell to the flesh i hope you found some things to enjoy about it man i i really do we'll see you again tomorrow for candy 3 we're heading out to uh Alex's Hive, the swarm of coastal elites, uh, t- to have our final Candyman adventure for a while. Um, guys, thank you so much for staying with us. We know this has been a ton of episodes. Thank you guys so much for downloading as many as you have. Thank you for all the nice comments and uh, conversation about these. It really does mean the world to us. Um, please again take a second, leave us a rating, interview wherever you find the show, especially if that happens to be Apple Podcast app. That's something very small and easy. Just a quick sentence, five stars, that you can do for us. That helps us out a ton. Um, Shout us out on your socials. We're on all the socials you're on. Email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. With movies you'd like to hear us talk about, there's still time to get in for our December We Stuff Your Stalking listener selection month. Already got one. Uh, And as always, guys, just a, a big thank you, man. This has been such an awesome journey. And we're closing in on yeah. the end and I'm going to get a little misty eyed, but man, I got when say, we thought of this idea, it seemed like maybe foolish, but I'm so glad we did it.
1: Yeah. I got to say like, this has been my favorite month of the pod. And I know that's just because I know we've okay. doing 31 shows in 31 days, but like you guys have made this so worth it
0: and awesome guests. It's been a delight. It's been wonderful. Um, we're so lucky. Yeah, Sweets for us. Apparently sweets for us. We're the sweets. We're getting all the sweets, this month. All the month. sweets. Good God, man. See, that's why I give you that preacher face. Do you alone? Give me the strength.